Welcome everyone to the Going Local podcast, which I'm pretty sure is the name because we haven't changed it yet. Uh, today is a pretty cool day because I get to ask questions to someone that I've had a million questions for for a long time. Uh, straight across from me, we've got Busy B. To my left, I have Daniel Hem- Daniel Hamill, the Sir Daniel Hamill. Yes. Thanks for being here, man. It's awesome. This is great. Thank you. So walk us through, what do you have going on right now? Because it seems like you always have plates spinning, many plates. Yeah, I've got a couple things going on right now. My main project uh, that I work on uh, most of the time is a youth um, baseball tournament. It's actually grown more than just baseball. Uh, that started right here in Frisco in 2012. And it just crazy little idea, and I can go into it more, but a crazy little idea over a beer uh, that I had with one of my buddies. And six to eight weeks later, we had this little baseball tournament. And then it just went viral. So, you know, the first, the first year we had 174 players. And now just in the Dallas area, we get 3,000 players twice a year. And then... Um, you know, it went to, we started, some, we, we started selling franchises with it. Uh, so now we're in uh, multiple states. And this year we have um, 18 different markets on the books. So 18 different markets? Yeah. So like Las Vegas, Orlando, Tampa, Atlanta, just Wichita, Omaha. Yo. Uh, yes, um, sir. Yeah. So we're, we're just growing everywhere. The plan was to really expand. You know, at first it was kind of run like, Oh, this is this is a fun little bit, and then it was like, oh, this is a pretty cool side gig, and then, you know, we built much like industrial, where it just turned into something that we didn't realize it wasn't even what we were trying to do. It just turned into something really magical, and, I, and whenever I say that word magical, it sounds kind of airy fairy, but that was actually some of the testimonials that we would get from parents it was like, this is just such a magical experience. Uh, and we look forward to it every year, and then. Um, and before you get too far, let's let's back up just a little bit to who you are, who, who Daniel Himmel is, okay. because I I know where I met you. You were at a different point in your life than I'm sure where you really started. You're a guy that's a that's full of wisdom. Hmm. Um, kind of walk us through. You own many different things now. Was it always that way? Did, were you always someone who was entrepreneurial driven, or did you work for enough shitty bosses that you didn't want to anymore? Uh, it's kind of a combination of both. I have a crazy, weird background where I, I always say I've lived the lives of many men. Um, I got married and I had a family or when I was already in high school. Um, I'd become a paramedic and then I eventually went into the Navy through a, a special officer program. And while I was in the Navy, I got a degree in computer science. It, 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 it went pretty crazy, but ultimately I landed um, in corporate America here in the Dallas area at Mary Kay Cosmetics, uh, where I uh, kind of moved myself up the e-commerce chain. And when I left there, I was the manager of e-commerce for Latin America. So I really got some, um, I really got my, my feet wet on, on building big software projects. I used to, that's my background is, is software. And then uh, during that time, um, I lost my first wife and that kind of turned into a, I don't want to do this forever. Like I don't, I I saw my boss and I I don't want to be that guy. Not that he was, well, he was pretty terrible, but um, that's when I started like, Hey, I got more skills, you know, I, I, and I want to do something else. So I started, uh, I built a software platform over a couple of years. Uh, It was pre Facebook groups. uh, And, um, that eventually I had an exit from that in 2000, what was that? That was 2017. I had an exit from that. So, um, you know, I, during that time, because of the way the software platform was built, uh, I had to get good at marketing, but the software platform platform was for endurance coaches and they were all great coaches, but none of them knew how to market either. So I had to get, I had to teach them how to market. So during that time I got really good at like this digital marketing, which I had no, um, you know, no training in, I didn't, it's not my background, but I got really, really good at that. Because I got good at that, I was able to spin off. Once you have that skill set, and I think it's the most valuable skill set, even the most basic thing, uh, once I was able to get that in, I was able to validate, everybody has like, a lot of people have these business ideas, like they have a list of 100 business ideas. If you can get this very small skill set in these, with the technology that's available today in these days, you could spend $100 
and completely validate that, that business idea versus before it was like, okay, go get a logo, get a storefront, get inventory, get staff, get, now you could like, before any of that happens, you could prove out an idea before you throw a lot of money on it. A good example is when COVID hit and ICC, you guys switched to, um, you guys started doing e-commerce yep. over the, over a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Biz, you know that, you know that pivot. Yeah, that was, that was a 72 hour straight haul, no sleep, no, no tire, just go for it. Yeah. And so that, that's the kind of stuff that's possible. That stuff wasn't even possible five years ago. And then even now, now, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't know if you guys are, would call yourself e-commerce experts, but you guys latched onto a platform that allowed you to just dig in, stay up all night. And pretty soon you guys are selling cigars online. And, and, um, because that's so possible now, I really like any idea I come up with. I'm always throwing it out there and seeing what sticks. And ultimately, uh, this, uh, this baseball tournament definitely stuck. And, uh, that's what I mainly do full time. I have this really kind of crazy, hardcore, uh, weekly productivity gamification system called week freak. Uh, that's probably a big part of my thing that I do now too. And, uh, but, and then I'll do some high end consulting for, for some people, select people on projects that I think are, are really cool, but, uh, always have my hands in something. And it, and it is because I feel like I have this superpower where, to be able to go out there and validate any business idea um, for anybody for a couple hundred dollars. I think I think a lot of Daniel Himmel I see in you, Biz. Oh my God, I'm sitting here like like you can't see my feet under the table tippity-tapping because that's exactly how a million ideas, they come up and you try to make sure that you can... But like I've never gotten to the point to be able to justify them. They just sell like great ideas, great concepts. Oh my God, what if I can do this? But like I've always had the issue how to get it past that creation stage, yeah. how to start executing. Yeah, just what you guys did. I mean, there's a lot more urgency when you guys went e-com with ICC, uh, but it's the same concept where you could you could put in a weekend's worth of work and a hundred dollars worth of Facebook advertising and and get clients before you have a product. Really, if you have an idea of really anything, um, it's it's interesting because. When we, we were talking, we've spoken for, for a number of years, but when, when you were speaking about that digital platform and, and utilizing, um, utilizing Facebook ads and validating your, your vision, it was so cool because when we look at it, we have a specific call to action. We need to get people to, this is a live fire drill. This is a part of a client. We can't afford to take somebody to a dead end. And I remember you telling me, well, we're just going to set up this, 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 this part of the funnel, and they can get to the end, fill out their information, and it doesn't even have to actually take them somewhere, but you know that there are 80 people there that, that are interested in it, so it's... Yeah, it's I mean, there. if you could, you know, when I'm validating something, it usually ends up with, like, ultimately giving a, your email to a, an early bird list, or, yeah, send me more information. If you can't get somebody to give you an email you're probably not gonna be able to sell them a, a, a product, especially a high ticket product. Sometimes, sometimes it just takes some tweaking your messaging or your offer is a little off, but now you've spent $100 or $200 and, and some sweat equity into an idea that you're able to scrap or really grab onto. And you could do that with a lot of ideas. You could do that over six weeks with your five best ideas. And now, you, now you're in for $1,000 and you're gonna figure out which one is really gonna, um, you know, it'd be a lot more fun and take you where you're trying to go. So what would you, if we took it from a live fire perspective, Biz has a number of trucks that he's looking at putting on the road commercially. And, and I don't know if they're dump trucks, med dump trucks, trucks, or they're dump, dump, trucks. Trucks. dump trucks. And he wants to get them on the road. He's got a couple ideas in the, and he has some people to follow. What would be your approach to go, okay, I think we've got a concept here that I know is working elsewhere. How would we... How would somebody who has an idea maybe stoke that fire or see if the kinder would catch? Um, for something like that, I feel like this is that great, a lot of people are doing this right now. And, all, and this is a great opportunity because I'd imagine most dump truck businesses, their online presence is not great. Like it's probably- yeah, it's, it's more of relationships. Right. Some load boards and everything, but it's more of who you know, cold calling uh, construction companies or whoever moving stuff. So- it's more relationship based, but I've been trying to find a way, like you said, to validate it or to create another way to get other clients versus the traditional old methods. 
Yeah. So what I would do for something like that is I would go out to, so that's a search thing. I think probably some people are looking for a new, for a new dump truck vendor. I don't, is that what it's a vendor? Are you guys, yeah, you can, you can a call service, it. a new um, disposal service like that. So that would be like almost a Google AdWords type thing. And I would, I would go out there and spend some money on the Google AdWords, make sure that you have just a landing page that looks way more professional and like caught up to, like something that like a millennial will be like, this is the dump truck service I'm going to get. Because that's where everybody, there's a lot of people busting into industries like uh, maid services and lawn, um, lawn services, and they're, they're killing it just by making these, um, the websites look more the approachable. The perception is yeah. just like, wow. Yeah, shiny, new, mm. and you, you could click to chat and people answer the phone, right? So I bet you you could do that. And what's nice about Google AdWords or something like that is you could, it'll tell you how many people are searching for it and it'll tell you what people are paying for it. So you could, you'll be able to say, okay, if I want to get clicked, if I want to get 100 people, if I want to test 100 people on my site, mm-hmm. it'll tell you how much you're going to have to spend approximately and then get people to your site. And once you have that traffic, now can you convert them? And then you could figure out a way to convert them uh, just by having them uh, do a phone call or, or anything, even before you even have the service kind of ready. Um, and that's kind of this vapor style of service. But using that methodology, you can, you can validate that business in a weekend and it would just take a little bit of time. And then you'll be able to know like, wow, with very little effort, I spent $200 to get a hundred people to my site. And then I got five phone calls and you could backtrack the math there. And Hey, if I can convert one of those five phone calls to an ongoing client and I could imagine that, you know, the, um, the value over a lifetime is worth $2,700 and then you could start doing the math and then it's the spreadsheet where you could just basically turn up the volume on it and say, I'm, I'm ready to do this. And that's a real, um, that's a real thing that you could take to other investors and, um, and, and go from there. And that's, then your, your validation is already done. You can be like, look, I've already shown you that I got this many people interested in the service and we haven't even launched it yet. Right. And you can call them up here. Here's their numbers. They're looking for, you know, and, um, um, you know, that's what, if, if you're looking for some kind of financial backing, um, that's a great way to start too, is already, I've already pre-sold um, these clients. And then sometimes a lot of your initial clients could be your initial investors even. Um, so. I just got $700 worth of free information, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> just, just saying. Uh, so, so let's take that because I have seen middle school matchup. Middle school matchup is your... Um, your little league baseball, your middle school baseball tournament, which has now turned into an organization and a, and a serious business now in many different markets. And I've seen, I've seen the sparkle in your eye when you talk about that. So maybe make that pivot back to middle school matchup. You go from an idea of 167 or however many that was, 100-ish yeah. kids. Now we're going, now you're talking 3,000 in DFW. What's that? What are some maybe the challenges that you saw between 160 kids to 18 different regions you're now in? Um, for me, it's it's. I like to stay pretty lean because I, I feel like I did my time in corporate America, so I, I want to keep my teams uh, small. So I'm I'm really reluctant to hire people, and it's kind of a it, this is a personal thing. It's kind of a mindset where I, I don't want to grow too big because I feel like managing people is, is really tough as it is. And it's really not what I'm best at. Um, so working through that has been, has been uh, difficult for me. And then because of the seasonality of the tournament, there's two events per year. At first there was just one event per year. Um, cash flow becomes a, is, is a big problem because I pretty much just get a big giant dump of cash, you know, once or twice a year. Uh, so being able to stretch that across and, and, hire people within that because it's hard to get somebody that really wants to do what you want to do. But I'm like, Hey, we can only hire you seasonally, seasonally. And that's, that's hard to build processes around. That's hard to build, um, culture around. Um, so I feel like I'm operating on an Island, uh, much of it, but the way that we fixed that was now we're not seasonal anymore. Cause now we have events going year round, um, at least this year. So, so you're basically turning this into a league. Uh, no, we're think of it like, um, it'll be more of like the color run. We model a little bit of that. It's almost like a tour. Like we stop in these towns uh, once or twice a year and uh, we hold this uh, cool little baseball event, softball event. Uh, we're moving into seven on seven. 
this year. Um, and we, we stop by and it's uh, got a unique format. Um, and then, so it's like the circus comes to town and then we leave and then um, we go on to the next stop. That's, that's really cool. That's what a smart way to get that, how you, you go week by week and create that kind of, uh, we used to have the uh, punt, pass and, punt, pass and kick. Kind of that same, it's the same con- similar concept, right? So they visit different, you know, tour stops or whatever like that. A uh, very similar concept. So we just come in, put it on, and leave. And importantly, we didn't touch because I think the most important part of of what you've done is you've identified a true need to this. Because on the face value, for everyone who's listening now, they're going, okay, it's a middle school baseball tournament, but they don't understand where you where the true genius is finding out this niche in this need that was there that was just hidden. Yeah, so the, 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 way, the reason this is a unique format is here in Texas and in most places across the states, um, at your middle school level, your 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, you could play on your school team. You could play football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, track, um, lots of different things, um, but usually uh, not baseball. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. Uh, during those ages, the kids are um, they're skipping um, field sizes. A baseball field is single-use and pretty expensive to maintain with the grass cuts and mounds, and um, it's, it's just not very cost-efficient for most of these places uh, to do it. So they've, they've just left baseball out of it. So all these kids, they play on these, uh, everything from like recreational leagues, little leagues, all the way to these travel teams that you know fly across the nation and meet up at places. But they never, they never get that chance to play with their pals from school. Um, and my kid, he was in the seventh grade at the, at the time. Uh, he's a college athlete now. Uh, and he actually runs um, our tournaments now, which is kind of fun. Um, you know, I, that was, I was like, man, he, and he was a single sport athlete and um, one of the better kids in the area. And I was like, man, the kids at school don't even know he's an athlete because he doesn't play anything. He doesn't, you know, he, he, you know, he wasn't, you know, one of these big boys or anything like that. And I was like, man, it would be really cool to, to do that. And that was the idea. And it was on a Saturday night. And we played poker that night. And I, I was uh, in bed the next morning. I was like, you know what? If I don't get out of bed right now and put up that site, do the ICC pivot, I'm never going to do it. And sure enough, I, we spent all day um, putting that site up and then started running Facebook ads and trying to spread the word on Monday. And we had signups that week. And it just kind of kept on growing. And then, um, so yeah, these, these kids play for their middle school for one weekend, for one weekend out of the year, they're all on other teams at different levels. They come together and they play. And we thought it was really kind of cool and neat and all that stuff, but it's it's insane. These kids just love playing with their uh, love playing with their pals. The kids that are really good love showing off how good they are and mentoring the other kids. And then the kids that are uh, play more recreational, um, they love showing what they've got. And really, and I went through this as a parent too. Parents think that some kids are here and some kids are here, and really they're mostly about here. You're not. You, you're much better than you think you are, and you're probably not as good as you think you are. Mm-hmm. And they kind of meet in the middle, and then it, it becomes much more about just hanging out for that weekend than than the games themselves. Now, on Sunday when they go into the bracket games, the, the teams that win are very, very good teams. But it's it's luck. It's like how like are there good kids playing in that neighborhood? Just like in high school, it's just like a Sometimes your football team is really good because that you know those three classes that are um, you know uh, on of uh, starters just happen to be really good that year, and then you kind of draw down, and then so um, it just uh, I would have never guessed it. So now it's like this whole thing uh, where we all the other teams shut down for the weekend. We have teams that we had a team that sold out uh, in two minutes and thirteen seconds. So parents are sitting there because it's first come first serve. Mm. And um, we don't do tryouts or anything like that. And parents are sitting there like a concert, right? Right when we open the right when we open the gates, they're like slamming the servers and and. Has it ever crashed before? Early on, the, that's when I knew we were onto something. Was our year three was the first year we got like thirteen hundred, and that's when the team started selling out. We crashed the servers, and we, we have it on video. Maybe I could send it to you. That's I was, a celebration moment. I was mm-hmm. I was not celebrating. I was freaking out. And, uh, <laughs> good night. Uh, good night. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. I would have never expected, and then be able to self-franchise doing it, and brought on a whole new thing, and then uh, now we're just we're we're focusing more on corporate uh, locations. But it's just been so fun. We brought on softball along the way; they're a whole new, different dynamic to everything. It's it's 
It's the weirdest thing in the world. Do but you it have just anybody tells, recruiting or looking at kids and coming checking them out, like colleges? Uh, not colleges, but or? not colleges. But uh, what does happen is the high school coaches now are have caught on to this, and we're serving up their program an early look at their program uh, years ahead. So the high school coaches will come down and um, watch the teams, and many of them coach the teams. It's perfectly UIL legal; they can't touch them and not touch them, but they can't uh, they can't coach them as soon as they end eighth grade they can't um they can't do anything with them that summer but before then they they can do that um or during high school if it's extracurricular they can't coach other select teams and things like that but uh so they'll come down and coach um these middle school kids they love that and um it also kind of brings back by the time these kids are in high school they have a different attitude set than Mm -hmm. than some of these middle schoolers have so it kind of brings joy back into their games and then um because the way the youth baseball programs are right now there's a lot of like kind of pay to play select teams like mm-hmm. club teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, they're looking for players. So a lot of these clubs will come out and they'll spy on kids that are playing in rec leagues and they'll see some potential where, Hey, that the kid's a big kid or he's just never told how good he is. Or, uh, so they'll, they'll recruit out of that. And that was, that was something else that opened up later. That's what happened with our, our 12 year old. He was playing for Frisco league football. And he was, but it also goes aching to what you said before. He was, Jesse was the man. He was just super running back, super tackle, super everything. So he thought he was here. Mm-hmm. So we paid and put him in a select league and he got that first hit on that game. Now all of a sudden he went to here, like real quick reality set. I mean, he still excelled and did his thing, but now you're talking about something that pushed you above it. But what he said, the biggest deal was the reason why he was so pressed about select league wasn't because he wanted to go upper echelon. All of his buddies were going to the select league. So when all the friends and buddies, and they all got on the same team, and they just, it didn't matter. They were out there having fun. And as a parent, for me, if my child is having a ball and being competitive at the same time, but it's just letting them play, I'm, I'll, I'll pay that check. Yeah, this feels, having seen it firsthand, it feels like a very organized sandlot. It has that feel of, you know, the kids at the end, at the end of the day, or really at the end of the tournament, you got the water balloon, water fight, which is awesome. But you get that feeling that they're all going to go home and make s'mores. Yeah, it's totally the way it is. And it, like some of the coaches get mad when we schedule games too close together because they want to have lunch in between. And they just want to celebrate that weekend. It's really just a celebration of baseball and friendships. And, um, you know, every year we get hundreds of testimonials. And like some of them, like when I read them, they'll make you want to cry. Like it, it really does... Um, affect kids' lives. They get new peer groups. They, um, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's, I would have never guessed it. You guys have the same stories here at ICC. Um, well, it's, it's community. It is. It does. It's, it's a community. It's community. It's meaning. It's impact. It's, quite honestly, it's a very simple thing on the outside at 30,000 feet, just playing baseball, just smoking cigars. Yeah. But you're creating memories. And right. You're creating relationships. And, and the select stuff, it's a, an important part of, a kid's journey to play at the next level but there's also a lot of we need this space for them just to like go out there and have fun like there's a lot of like there's a lot of teams now that are letting the kids coach kids choose lineups just it's a lot like sandlot so um well, I, would, you, I would have never guessed i could imagine they get especially now because shooting back home we had we had an organization called kwaa kingswood athletic association and it was just little league football and you showed up, and the best kids, you knew them, and they moved on. There wasn't this select deal, but then moving down here to the DFW area, you realize how competitive kids get. I mean, yes. third graders yes. getting competitive, where I've got to imagine by eighth grade, they have five years of... I have a six just turned seven-year-old, and his flag football team, all these little babies, they have plays on their wrists to open them up. They're, they're, they run drills three times a week. I literally think they practice harder than my 12-year-old in a select team. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Mm-hmm. They probably have read options. And- oh, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. I, man, I, I should show you the text messages the coach sends. Like, like I have NFL playbooks, and I can look at Madden and look at all the play- These guys are six and seven. And the thing is, like, my son Oliver, my little one, is a hyper, hyper, hyper all over the place. We call him yabbity blabs. Blah, 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 blah. But the minute he puts on his little helmet and his cleats, he zones out to where it's almost scary. He doesn't want to talk to you. He just wants to focus on that football and what he has to do. When the game's over, then they just click off and they're playing and throwing and having a good time. But when they're in that game time, 
all bets are off. Mm-hmm. That's why the sports sports is important. You know, it's a, it's an important part, and I'm I'm happy to bring that to people at different levels for sure. Well, now you're taking it to a national level. There's one thing that that we've adapted. Well, there are many things that we've adapted into what we do with Go Local Group because of you um, and because of your success and and the wisdom that you've granted to us, and we're eternally grateful for that. There's one small tactic that small businesses can utilize because we find ourselves in a very weird spot where you you eat what you kill and a lot of times you do everything from lead generation to fulfillment to billing admin all of it but there's a weird spot where you really are you have all chips on the table and you have a lot of open invoices but you're also the front face with the client or with the customer or whoever it is. So you don't want to you don't want to say, "Hey, you owe me $10,000. Give me my $10,000 and be that person." So you guys came up with something that that we actually adopted that I think is Okay. I know what you're talking about. So. It, it is the coolest thing. We actually named ours carry. Okay. So because of this, but if you want to talk through that, I think it's just absolute brilliance that any business owner should adopt. Yeah, this is actually, this is my wife's, uh, this, I don't remember if this is our idea or where she got it from, but uh, we've adopted it. We don't have invoices right now in middle school matchup this way a, a bit with the franchise inside, but basically we just create this persona, this imaginary persona, and that's our heavy of the, of the group. And that's the one that needs to collect the invoices. We call her Gina. And she's the one that sends like the nasty emails like, hey, you need to pay up where we're, it's the good cop, bad cop thing. And um, when you're doing everything, like you said, you need to keep, keep things cool and, and more comfortable on the front end. But Gina's in the back that they've never met sending these emails like, hey, you've got to pay up or we're going to have to discontinue. Like, and uh, it's, it's great. It it's, is the greatest it's thing It's the greatest ever. thing ever. Because it, you can you you really build that sub brand of who Gina is or whoever it is. She's a bulldog. Like she's really nice. She's good at what she does, but she is a bulldog. You know, it, you do play that good cop, bad cop. That's it, awesome that you brought that up. Yeah, that's Carries me happy. Honestly, it's yeah. Carrie is Gina Stevens. here? No, man. She just left. You just missed her. <laughs> you just missed her. But trust me, she's waiting on you to come in. So I'll just take care of that. Come on in, and I'll, I got you. Mm-hmm. It's the easy, yeah. It's the easy way out, especially for a pussy like myself, who I don't like to go and and, and rock the boat. Right, I don't need um, to. Exactly. It's perfect. It's perfect. Well, and, and unfortunately, a lot of our relationships are relationships. So even we have clients that your relation is to. Like the biggest thing for me when I'm out this side of gigs is I'm a photographer, and it is so hard for me to charge people money that I'm close to. To even you know, as photographers, they tell you to take your rate, bump it up. You're never charging enough. So it's hard to charge friends and family just, you know, what it is because I feel guilty or you just don't want to hang them out there. And then I've been blessed that a lot of people around here that I've done it for, they understand you have a family, you got to make a living. Just what's your price? Let's get it. People that you don't know, like, oh, man, is that what you're going to charge me? Oh, yeah. oh, here you go. Take a discount. Like, I, ah, it's so hard. But when you have another entity, they're like, hey, this is what it is. You're in or you're out. That makes life so much easier to, just to survive. Yeah, every small business needs that, Gina. I completely agree, whether it's a real person or not. I, one thing I'm curious about, and I don't want to heavy it up too much, but <clears throat> we, went through, we went through a rough time in August of 2020 where we legitimately, in six days, between Busy, Gabe, and myself, we lost six loved ones, yes, yes. very close loved ones, and a dog in six days and our team was hurt and broken and we didn't know to console ourselves to move forward to we couldn't even communicate we actually lost a client because they said well what exactly are you guys doing you know I understood that Brandon's brother passed but you know what are you guys doing it and we were just so foggy with what we did we couldn't keep up so knowing that you've you've lost your your wife how did you bounce from a Mary Kay corporate world to shake it now being a single father morning and making that pivot to something that is to where you are now? Wow. Um, it was a long time ago, but, and recently I've, I've found out that maybe I didn't make that pivot as much as I thought, you know, I still have some lingering issues, but man, my wife, Carrie, you know, her. she's, 
incredible. Incredible. I, I don't think I would be the, I mean, I'm definitely not the same person, but it w- I think it, it could have only taken Carrie to, um, to probably help me out of that type thing. Um, we met three years later and got married pretty quick, but uh, she's just so, so amazing and holds me accountable at the same time. But man, it would, it would be, I would be a totally different person. I'd probably drink way more than I do. And um, she's, I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. She was, she seriously was like an angel to, and I don't mean that like in a weird area. I mean, just a, what a great gift I had with, with Carrie. Cause she's been able to kind of support everything I do because, you know, I was working at Mary Kay and then I was like, Hey, I'm going to quit. Like I'm ready to go. And she gave me grief for about a day. But after that, she's been uh, fully supportive. We've gone pretty dark uh, quite a few times when you're, when you're hunting and gathering and killing your own food, you've got, you know, there's, there's times that aren't as plentiful as you wish them to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's been the whole time. So she, I wouldn't be able to do it without her. So I don't well, have a lot of both say that attest to that because we just had this conversation. Was that last mm-hmm. night when we was vibed out mm-hmm. and talking about a spouse, talking about a rock that's behind you. Cause I, I have to admit the same way. I wouldn't be who I am or where I am if it wasn't for my wife. And yeah. I don't know. Sometimes do we even stop to think about that? You know, how much or how far are you right now and where you're at? How much, you know, like giving her credit for that, even if it's just pushing you or stabilizing you out or even sometimes coming up with that aha that you didn't even think about because you have so much going on. Yeah, she's she's a great person. I'm able to I'm able to bounce ideas off her. She's super creative. And now um, not a lot of men get to experience this, but now she uh, she out she makes way more money than I did. But she went from zero to like. 120 in like a year and it puts it puts you and this is getting deep it puts your masculinity in a little bit of a bind where you're like man i'm not i'm not the sole provider i'm I'm still making plenty of money but she's making and it's very fun to sit back and say yeah now i could yay let's spend all this money but deep down inside you're like oh this is a little it's a little tingly now was she entrepreneurish when you guys first met or did she start to take on your vibe and your spirit with it and then go zero to 120 like you just said. I'm going to say that. And then our kids got old enough. Uh, I inspired her for sure. And uh, <laughs> and uh, as soon as our kids got old enough, she always knew that she wanted to go into real estate. She this is one of the few people in real estate that really loves real estate. And she's got like this magnetic personality and we all knew it was going to happen. It's just, it happened quick. And she went from like one of just a normal realtor on the streets to one of the best in the DFW area and, and um, that's awesome and, but just honestly at the same time it, it's put some pressure um, a different kind of pressure a good pressure but yep. it just it changes up the dynamics a little bit uh, when when your wife makes a lot more than you and, I, and I'm the least misogynistic person at all but I think I'm just trying to be vulnerable in saying that that puts it and if anybody is listening to this and is experiencing that I'd love to learn what they went through because it's it's crazy and I ask I'm, I'm friends with a lot of successful people and I'm like I, I know the way you're acting right now with your in your relationship with your wife what would it be like if she outperformed you like what if she was making more money than you now would you be able to get away with saying what you just said to her or you know just saying no we're going to go on this vacation because that's what I want or hey we're going to move here because that's my like it changes up some things you don't hold uh, the cards not to say that you know men necessarily hold the cards but there's a reason why we live in the united states and not mexico with my wife because i'm the provider right and it would be a weird thing if if it switched around she said well i'm going to move to mexico now because my job requires us to do it i'd, I'd have to check myself and you get deer in the headlights and you're like wow she she's got a point she's the one that's making a lot of money and this is her life to, like and and on top of that I, I empathize to it because it's not that she met somebody that scored her into a top position at Toyota. This is, she grinds. Carrie is a phenomenal personality. You know she gets it. Right. She does above and beyond on everything. She knows no mediocrity. Right. She absolutely kills it. And her personality and everything is so genuine that it's not, it's not slowing down. No. See, right. and, it's, and it sounds like, like I think we both have with our spouses, is that it's different if, like you said, if somebody pushed her into position versus you watched her growth. Right. So when you grow with them and you're growing as well, and if they exceed you, 
We went through times in our marriage where I was the breadwinner and big time money, and then something happened. I got let go from radio, and I had nothing. And she picked up the weight. Okay. And it was just always back and forth. And I went to college, you know, in an older age, and I had to be full time. So she, I got you. And then when I got done and graduated, opened up a photo studio. She quit. She went to college, got okay. her degree. So we've learned to kind of balance it out. And maturity helps as well. You know, I tried that this is my house thing one time, mm-hmm. and that was rough. Uh, that, that was rough. That was oh, this is your house now. Okay, cool. Let's let you take it. Let's see how much of your house that you actually take care of without me doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to learn real fast. But that just goes with time and maturity and the person. And I was told that a lot of people that divorce, you see a lot of these really rich guys. Like think about Jeff Bezos. He didn't blink. And he gave his wife more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime to do her thing. But. It's just that I've heard or I've been told sometimes it's not somebody cheating on somebody. It's not nothing. Sometimes you have that other person who just isn't on that same level as you to rise with you. And I think it goes to our conversation as well and which makes, it makes me super, I, I don't know if I'm, if not being hopeful is the other thing, but something that comforts me with this, just knowing the both of you is in a relationship like my, like my father was saying, you have two types of people. You have givers and takers. takers. Yeah, yeah. And knowing you're in a position where both are givers and, and the dynamics changing, it's not as though it's going to change to a point where you, all of a sudden, Daniel Himmel, you're going to turn into a taker because you can, right. you can go on vacation whenever you want. Right. That's not, that's not who you are. A little bit it's me, but not that much. <laughs> but I mean, you, you'll never let her just do everything. You'll either... And sometimes I think... Am I wrong? Is there a little internal competition? Um, not nothing like, oh, I'm making more money you do, but it's just no, like she likes to raise up the number one finger plenty. Like there's, <laughs> there's some competition. No, and we're both we're both we're both givers, and it's and it's actually pretty fun. And I do nothing but applaud to her. It's just, um, it's just you know, as a as a man, you want to be the provider. I don't know why. I don't know if it's it's just some people would say it's, it's just us, opinion, right? Yeah. And it's crazy. So do you? Where do you find yourself in this process? Do you find yourself right now just in this discovery of this holy shit it's happening right now you find yourself into it finding a way through it or where are you in your process right now with it uh, we're in a great place right now uh, I just cheerleader on and and she like when we first started middle school matchups she was very much involved and now she now she just adds help and creative direction sometimes and now I'm the same way with uh, with her stuff you know I'm, I'm happy to while she's working late at night I'm happy to do whatever I need to do or if she needs some technical help or whatever it does, but mostly I just, mostly I just stay out of her way now and just let her, like, it's, it's pretty fun to watch. So have so. you found yourself battling not to start or do something else? Being that this is taking off, this is your main thing, how hard is it? Now, I'm going to call it derailing, but are there other things festering in the back of your head that you kind of want to do, try? Because you sound like a serial entrepreneur like all the rest of us. Yeah, and it's, in the past, um, I'm trying to be more disciplined. I'm not doing the best job of it, but uh, my previous company, if I would have put a little bit more effort into it and had a little bit more mentorship and some strategic advice and would have hired a staff, I could have exited you know, at many, many millions of dollars, but I kind of got lazy at it and I kind of got sidetracked and I, and, I, and I just let it kind of, it just didn't go where it could have gone. So you're not allowing yourself to get you I'm not allowing myself. I do have always had at least one side project going on, but um, I, I'm, this is the year that a middle school matchup should really become hopefully a household name with, with middle school baseball players at least. So um, I'm trying to keep my eye on the prize there. So Brandon gave me a book for Christmas this year, and it was the, the master plan. It, was, and when it's, it took us, we sat up here for three or four hours. You had to fill out Everything from, from daily habits to goals, each goal, action plans. And I've done it a thousand times before, but right. not to this. And the biggest thing was no procrastination and to actually finish what I start yeah. and not to get derailed from it. And that's even just daily habits of when I'm doing my action plan. You yeah, know? that's that's a great, I call those, um, you know, unbuilt bridges. You know, you have all these bridges to get you to that pot of gold on the other side, but you're, you know, even if you build 40 unfinished bridges you're not getting across but that one little one will help a little bit let's just get it done you know and at least learn from if it wasn't if it didn't you know work out like you thought it was going to work out you know at least you learned something so that's a question that i have is how do you identify what done is um 
now I'm pretty, because I have a whole like framework on, on this. Now I'm pretty good at before I start something and I'm very goal oriented and I even have this productivity system and weekly productivity system where done is, is really part of the, the thing. So I don't just write down a to do. I like, here's my hypothesis, like why I'm doing this. I have this thing called a growth grid where I list out these hundred different ways on how you can grow a, a business and like, Hey, we should start a podcast, you know, and I have a way to score. It comes from a startup world called the ice system. And you kind of build this like, Hey, if we do podcasts, why are we going to do it? Well, it's going to increase our brand awareness. How are we going to measure that? Well, we should get more traffic. We can measure link clicks and stuff like that. And then you go for it and podcast a big project, obviously, but um, you get to it and then you measure it and you're like, did it work or did it not work? Do we need to cut it or triple down on it? Is it and like a scale, like a one to 10? Like it, this was a five, this was a four. And you add yeah. A so my growth grid, if anybody just email me at danielhemlontgmail.com, it's, it's actually a pretty cool thing where you go through and it's great for a business, uh, any size business, because you just throw all these things up on the wall. Uh, you uh, take each idea and everybody votes on it um, from one to 10. Uh, ICE, this sounds like we're getting pretty deep. ICE stands for uh, uh, impact and you grade it one through 10. Like one is going to have, a minimal impact 10 is like it, it can change the trajectory of our business and then the c is for confidence how confident you are that it's going to work or in your hypothesis and it's like one is i've never seen anybody do this five is like i've seen somebody do this but we don't have any experience and then you know towards 10 is like we've done something very similar to this we can do it and then um um e is for ease and that's how easy is it going to be whether uh, money time staff members so 10 is like you know it's a two-hour task and you know no money involved versus one is uh, you know a multi-month project that spends money and uh, i think when i went over it with you guys uh, some people like to put a fun column on there because some people like if you're in a certain part of your business like you only want to do things that are you know you're kind of pumped up to do about it you, you know that has to do with you could add other things to it too and then you just take those scores across um, and then you come out with this average and then I have these other growth indicators but you'll, you'll see it on the spreadsheet and then you get this weighted score and that's really like that gives you the top three things that you should be doing and what's cool is everybody can vote on it uh, a good way to do it if you're doing with a um, if you're doing with a, a, your team at, at, at a table like this a good way to do it is uh, give everybody a deck of cards and people vote on it like that from one to ten uh, because what happens if Brandon is the boss and he's like, oh, that's an eight. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's seven. I, maybe eight, seven. But mm -hmm. I might be thinking, that's freaking hard. That's a two. So if everybody just does the first, like, chink, holds it up, get real scores up there. And then you just, you, it'll sort by, you know, the three most bang for your buck ideas up there. And then you just start executing those down. But it's very important to finish those, right? Like, if you committed to executing it, get going, finish it. Did it work? Awesome. If it didn't, what can you learn? Do you need to triple down on it? Or, you know, and then you just, that way you always have your top three projects. It also gives you a good repository when you have the more ideas that come up a lot from team members and you. Well, and, and I think more than that, and I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I think one of the most valuable things is I think we all find ourselves creating to-do lists, finding this crossroads of, I can, I can buckle the next six hours and get this done, or I can knock off all these other things on the list right. in about an hour. I'm going to just, I'll pick those things off. And then you get to a point where you have a six hour task, but you've got four hours and right. you go, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. So it's, it's a great system. Guilty. It, it's, a, it's a great, uh, <laughs> Gosh, guilty. I love this. It's a great repository for new ideas. You throw them on there throughout the quarter. And then just during your quarterly meeting or something like that, you take the 20 minutes with your team to kind of go down there and then, um, you know, figure out what, what things you're going to work on next. And it works for growth ideas. It also works for operational ideas. Like if you need some operational efficiencies, uh, you can throw those together. Like, hey, we need, you know, I don't know what would be operations. Like, hey, I, th I think hiring one more um, staff person in this position will really help. And, you know, you, you do the same measurements and then you figure out, well, here, here's your next uh, 10 operational moves. So it's, uh, it's it pretty cool. It sounds almost pretty dope, even if you just wanted to figure out what you wanted to do. If I wanted to do, okay, I have five ideas of starting a business. Yeah. You take those five ideas and you break it down like that. Yep. that I do it all the time. Wow. Yeah, and generating. I mean, you, and I think there's a lot of things that people are, are going through. And I think a lot of people have seen this veil of humanity be pulled aside in 2020. And I think they're going, all right, I'm done working for this. I'm done doing this. I'm done 
wasting my life away. What do I actually want to do? And so if they just took that model and went, well, I like doing this, I like doing this, I like doing this. The biggest question I had when I was, when I was much younger is, what am I passionate about? And how do I find a passion? Right. Yeah, I think that's a very, um, more of a philosophical point, but you could say, what do I enjoy? Right. I mean, you can do that same thing, line up all your business ideas, that's what you want to do, and then you're, you could have a, add another column that's P for passion or fun or whatever like that. And then uh, you could weight it a certain amount, right? And depending on how much you, because sometimes there's two trains of thought on that, right? Where some people think you don't need to be passionate about it. You do, it needs, sometimes it just needs to make money, right? Um, but you could find like a happy medium there depending on how much you weight each column. Um, super nerdy, sorry. You're like a book. What I mean by that, you ever read a book that just changes the whole way you think of everything? That just just happened. Uh-huh. That literally just happened. I just really just thought, like, I'm sitting here quietly reassessing like nine different things I've had in my head for like two months and thinking about it when you break it down and analyze it that way. And as simple as it may sound, but it makes so much sense. Yeah, and you combine that with the idea of how quickly you could validate one of those ideas over the weekend. Um, you could have your middle school matchup idea. I mean, it's it went from... You know, I don't know what we made our first year, 8000 and now it's, you know, half a million dollars in two weekends. And, and this, is, this is why, uh, Biz, I was saying before Daniel got here, Daniel's very much, you asked a question, how does Elon Musk create SpaceX and Tesla in the boring company and this, that, the other, right? Well, he's figured out the systems to create that. Right, he's. How does he run all those? I really don't know. He's definitely an alien. <laughs> but but aside from that, a real world example of someone you actually want to hang out with, Daniel, I think is a perfect example of that. Is he's a guy that can take this tiny little this little ember and incubate that and just go oh. And I, and I see that. I read Elon's uh, autobiography twice. And sitting here talking to, you know, from him creating PayPal to wherever we're at right now, like I'm listening to it and I'm like, wow. The other thing that's really cool, though, and I've noticed about successful people is the point, in fact, that you have no problem with sharing information. You just mm-hmm. gave out your email address. Hey, if you want this system, I got this email. me. like, that is the biggest thing uh, reading about people like Dale Carnegie and all those type of things like that, where the thing was they did everything they did to get their riches, to get where they were. And then they spent the second half of their life teaching everybody else. Well, fish. it's the, this is another thing. It's the perfect goodwill content because when it comes out of his mouth, it's very easy, but only one guy we know can do it. So that's where we get into, that's the beauty of this podcast too is like, it sounds really easy to market your business if you know how to do it. It, it sounds really easy to take a photo if you know how to do it. True, and that's where true, true. Daniel is able to say, "Oh, we'll just validate it." Well, the beauty is, go try to do it, mm-hmm. and then remember Daniel Himmel at gmail dot com because you're going to need him to do it because he can hop in and do what would take you three months. That's just what he. That's what he knows. You know, it's it's the yeah, same it's, way. It's, that is true, but it is. It is attainable. And once you learn that skill set on how to build, how to get buy traffic to go to a landing page and convert that landing page, convert those people into something, an email address or anything like that. If you can learn to do that, and it, it doesn't take long, there's lots of courses out there to do it. There's people that make a lot of money just teaching you how to do that. You you have superpowers. Like you can really you can do anything. And one of those one of those one of those businesses is going to stick. One of the, you know, there's a big uh, digital marketer, Russell Brunson. He runs ClickFunnels, and he has this program called One, mm-hmm. One Funnel Away. And it's true. Your one, your one idea, middle school matchup. Your one. That's ridiculous. Who would have ever thought that crazy idea over a beer for middle school, pretty mediocre baseball, <laughs> would turn into this amazing thing and when I say amazing not just lucrative on the um, money side of things but just the way it affects these kids lives and so when you have that superpower whether it's building your own business helping your wife's business helping your church helping a charity helping um, raise money for somebody who got their equipment stolen where I mean just Mm. you have superpowers and it's it's attainable through just a little bit of learning that's all out there free don't go buy anything it's all out there don't think anybody has a magic bullet Um, you just need to learn how to buy traffic and convert them, and it takes 
buying traffic in a web page. That's it. Even education itself is a huge industry. I mean, I'm up to two or three in the morning every night just studying different people from YouTube. And everybody has a course. Everybody has something. Right. I've been able to collect so much collective information that you can always do it right there. But even what they're doing is still sending you somewhere to a landing page to get more. I give you a little bit, but if you want more, come here. Yeah, that whole that whole funnel that whole funnel thing. It's kind of getting worn out a little bit, but it still absolutely one hundred percent works seventy percent of the time. Where do you think it's going to go? Because I, I agree with you. I think everyone who who has a camera will teach you how to make ten thousand dollars a month on on snapping photos. Where do you think the next uh, where do you think the future of this goes? Because I think you're right. I think people are starting to get a little worn out on every dickweed who can stand in front of a Lamborghini tells you how to make a million dollars. Yep. Yeah, I think it's uh, the authenticity of it and kind of that conversation. Now it's becoming much more, you know, let's, let's have a conversation about things, Zoom calls, not even just like webinars where you're talking to people, but actually talking to people and, and becoming a little... And people are getting more wise to being able to discern like, okay, this guy obviously doesn't know what he's doing and or this this is i've never even heard of this guy like who is this guy and people are able to just kind of start discerning that people are finding the information themselves because it's it's all out there nobody's nobody is giving you really i didn't give any great new information out there it's probably out there as well so i think people are starting to get a little smarter to that and searching out just real live mentors and um hopefully staying away from a lot of that junk. Like, there's Ty Lopez. I don't know if you've heard of him. Oh, yeah. So everybody, what's crazy is, like, everybody thought he was, like, this fraud guy, and they thought he was the rental Lamborghini, and then... He was legit. He, he was, he's always been legit, and what happened was he really did. He really did. He's probably in, you know, he had this whole thing, I read a book a day, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is true, but he probably convinced more kids to read than, you know, in the world than... You know all the teachers around. Not 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 that it's the teacher's fault, but these guys are inspiring people and they're changing people. And then you know everybody thought he was a fraud until he bought like he just bought Pier One Imports linens and things. And yeah, I just I literally just read he, this he just, two weeks Radio ago. Shack. Like he bought all, he all these companies from the '90s uh, that are kind of going under because he he's a marketing genius and he has a team that's just relentless. I think he got JCPenney too. Yeah, he just Whoa. went through and everybody thought well, he was just like this fraud guy but he he was really making money. He was one of the original dickweeds that had the stuff out there but um, you know that that just goes to show that it, again it's he's able to do it by validating ideas and just going and and doing amazing things and he, he couldn't do that. He's doing it obviously at a larger scale but you can do that too. You guys did it with ICC. There's just so many tools out there where you could just, um, you know, spin up a business. He did exactly what you said to do. He spent all of his money. What I've been studying is how people leverage credit. So basically, let's say if you have a credit card with 10 grand on it, you spend five or seven grand in YouTube or Facebook ads, and then he made that money back. But that's all he did was he just bought ads and ads and ads and had his message, and then people started coming to him, and he had legit information to give them. But his whole thing was buying Facebook and YouTube ads. That's how he started. And then he just spun, he spun up because he had these superpowers of, of being a great marketer. He's a great copywriter and he uses all kinds of uh, mind tricks and things like that. But he executed idea after idea after idea. And uh, just like when you're the, on the plane and you drink a lot of those little Jack Daniel bottles equal a big Jack Daniels bottle eventually. So uh, that's where he's, he's at right now. Um, There's another guy uh, that I kind of I kind of fell off him a little bit, but I was I noticed him at front because his escape was uh, uh what was it uh, Bentley in the back. His name is Dan Locke. Okay, Dan yeah. Locke, and he taught all his classes in the back of his Bentley, driving around yeah. wherever, and he always had the cool sets and everything. But when I finally got through two months of following this guy, what he came down to was smart. He talked about copywriting. Yeah, that was his end. Is is how to copyright and make you know for what I'm doing right now. You can write the same script for somebody else so they can do their own YouTube channel or their own presentation. And that's what he was about. And it's how to copyright, like that skill set to give you superpowers, copywriting is one of them. It's not a, there's people that are really high end copywriters and those are like on the fringe, but you could spend the weekend with a couple of books and learn that will take you from, that will get you 80% there. And that's where you start converting. So mm-hmm. when you, when you get that traffic to the, um, to your page, like just a little bit of, Copywriting helps, so that's just part of the skill sets that um, 
that really just weaponize you and you can compete with anybody these days with the, with the right idea. What would you recommend to somebody who's sitting here? Maybe they've got a business that's, that's going, maybe they've successfully made it through 2020, but they're by the skin of their teeth. What, what should they be doing right now uh, to, to, to really start scaling? Yeah, so I'm a big believer of, of Facebook ads. It's still, even though you know, some people believe Facebook is the enemy, but it's still it can be used as a really great tool. Uh, and they're just getting better and better. The better they are, the more money they make. Um, but the ability to just get out in, in front of your clients or potential clients that may not even know about you and just take them through the idea of, like, they're not even aware of you, and you can make them aware like that, and then you, they can engage, and then you can get them to... You could excite them and get them to actually buy. The ability to do that just in a weekend on Facebook ads is absolutely unbelievable. And would you talk about diversifying all, getting into the TikToks and the YouTubes and all those other ones, or Instagram, or just stick kind of to Facebook? Because I know Facebook is very, you can really get into demographics and really dial yeah, into I, who that's, you want. That's what I love about Facebook is I always, I always divide it up into two things. So uh, if you're selling something that somebody has it on the to-do list, like, hey, I need to go see a chiropractor, um, that might be something for for um, for Google AdWords because people are going to you know mm-hmm. type that in like local chiropractor and you know that's where you need to really uh, optimize for that. But if you have a product or service uh, that people aren't necessarily looking for and it happens to you uh, all the time where you're like oh what is this and you'll click over like that does look oh that that is a pretty cool backpack and you go and click that backpack. And then now, wherever you visit on the website, now you have 80 different backpacks. All day. You're done. Right. Anything you say Google and you look for, it's all over everything. Yeah, and that, that, kind of, um, that kind of marketing gymnastics, I would call it, five years ago used to be very difficult and very hard, and now it's very easy and very free um, to do. Facebook does it all for you. And um, the ability to be able to do what you know, billion-dollar budgets used to be able to do just seven, eight years ago, be able to do it from your laptop at cigar lounges is is just amazing so i'm always a big believer in uh, learning how to buy traffic it's it's there's an endless source of it uh it's still relatively cheap um and it's uh predictable it's measurable um it's it's just amazing so i'm still a big believer just getting traffic first as soon as you solve the traffic problem uh to your site or to your offer if even if you don't have a website even if it's just to a landing page, like a simple landing page, um, then worry about converting. Another thing that I think people don't use enough is a good email marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many really inexpensive campaign and in, inexpensive marketing tools that you can use to, you know, constantly email. Get, and it doesn't even have to be sales emails. Just, you know, just letting them know you care. Letting them giving them little. Um, um, little bits of value, like one of Carrie's. One of the things that launched Carrie's thing was she had a three things Thursday, and it was, you know, it, it everybody gets the emails from the realtors that you know, oh, it's time to clean your gutters, and oh, did you know that we've sold? And I'm like, nobody cares about that unless they're already looking for a house, and then even so, maybe, and then even so, they already have a realtor. So what she would, um, we would do, and it's it was my idea, and she, uh, <laughs> so she would shameless plug. So she would. Uh, <laughs> She would send out this thing, three things Thursday, and pretty much since we we had we raised five kids, uh, we had lots of like little parenting hacks, lots of just life things that some of this stuff just here, like you know, have a Gina for your business, just little things like that. That's people things that people could use, and then they're like, oh, Carrie's a realtor, I, I remember that now. Um, I don't think people are doing enough of that, and it's so um, cheap and easy to do now, and automated. A lot of that stuff is you could really set it up and really kind of forget it. And that's, it's actually, it's interesting you're saying that because from Go Local Group, we are, we are expanding and, and making a slight pivot to a more canned approach, utilizing these tools of automation. And, and you have SMS abilities, you have email automation abilities, you have all going to that form, the pop-up, the webpage, the everything. Even and on social media, you can you can put your social media all two months out, have everything loaded automatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you can if you can take a point where you just say, and it's a really easy process of planning of here's what my end goal is. Okay, it's going to be a thirty day sprint. We need to hit one a week here on our primary channel, our secondary channel. We're going to hit it every other week. We're going to go here. We're going to set them up, and then and then just build it out and let it go. That's a direction that we're we're looking 
there's a program called Daily Story that utilizes okay. that. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah, and it's just I think again going back to that growth credit, it would be an idea like for something for like industrial cigar, like you know perhaps if you guys you guys know what I enjoy, right? So I, you guys could have me in a database in your marketing system and saying, hey, I like mild to medium cigars. Um, not a month should go by without you guys sending me an email saying, hey, this is what we got coming up uh, on the horizon. This, this is going to fit your palate. And, and then um, when I click on one of those things, it should alert somebody over here for like a text message. And all that stuff is easy to build and it's all automated now and you can just set it up and forget it um, once you build it. And again, that's stuff that used to be reserved for the enterprise software that licenses and costs like, you know, $19,000 a month. And now it's stuff that costs $19 a month. Just the, the tools that are in your hands, it, it's just astonishing. And coming from a corporate software thing, we used to pay insane prices for these e-commerce platforms and, or build our own. And now you could just, you could compete and you could turn around and these, these platforms are now scalable and bulletproof and backed up. And, you know, when things go down, they come back up and they spin up and uh, it's just, it's just amazing. So um, I, I love the email stuff too. A lot of people don't do that. It's, it's super free. It's super easy. Email is still one of the most valuable places in somebody's lives. If you land in their email box, especially if you're going to provide any kind of value, like telling me do what cigars. Do you see a trend as far as, so 2020 to me was the year of realization and then a lot of people being let go, but they found that entrepreneurial, whatever, you know, like get rich off of owning 10 million rental houses. That was a trend. I'm not saying it's still not, but flip houses or buying refurbished cars. I was even for two minutes studying, um, selling luxury watches, flipping watches, okay. basically. Flipping watches, yeah. Um, you know, I'm just, that's, he knows me very well. That's my thing. I'm always looking for what is that big, and even Pop said it the other day, I'm always looking for what is that one thing I'm going to put my eggs in a basket and make it grow. But there's so many different things out there. Do you see, but like you said, things are kind of getting oversaturated. You think things are going to make a turn towards something else or... What is that one thing that we haven't discovered yet to wear out or, or to do? Like, you know, what's the next trend? I mean, it feels like everybody's turning into, like, everybody's got their own magic. Everybody's got their own expertise where they're out, when they're putting out their uh, real courses that make real money, where you're teaching people how to do what you love. So whether that's, uh, photography is a, is a tough one to break into because there's a lot of photographers. Yes. But there's enough people that want to learn photography. There's enough people out there for everybody. Uh, but I feel like everybody is able to build a course now. Um, and that course doesn't always have, isn't going to make you a million dollars, but it could build a following and an influence. And, and then you're on to something, right? So I feel like it's a really diversification where it used to be like, everything's, you know, how to make a million dollars on the internet or with that. Now it's like here, how to, you know, how to be a great person in a cigar lounge, like cigar lounge etiquette, like just everything about cigars that you'd want to know in, in a 10 week course that's and even though if it's free that puts your name out there and you start building this following and then from there you could you know do all who knows what you do but when you have a thousand people you know with their eyes on you you could do you could do some pretty amazing things you could put out products and you could put out um you know joint ventures and you're making connections so i just think feel like everybody's building like these little micro businesses everywhere as their side gigs i think that's why whoever created the master class series Genius, genius, to go get the top of the field and just to put them at all at one. And it was very expensive when it first came out. Like you just said, now it's more obtainable. Yeah. And it's even grown. And like you said, it's they have classes on how to smoke and have etiquette in a cigar lounge. Right. I know how literally I went and bought a pit smoker because I watched the guy from down in Austin yeah. on to do barbecues yeah. now. We've my, watched that one at home too. Oh, my kids are like, if you make ribs one more time, dad, please, <laughs> no more ribs. Or just, I took Spike Lee's class on filmmaking, but it's anything you can think of, it's in that master class. And I'm like, that's a one-stop shop for anything. And they're growing, like you said, they're growing the different um, subjects. Yeah. You little know. communities and, and, yes. and I think even if you're not making a gajillion dollars it, it's bringing more value to people and it's bringing more joy to your life which makes it you know you could be making if, if you quit your corporate job and you could be making half as much but you're happy happy and yes. it makes a big difference and community we, it's a good full circle it, it definitely brings that so whatever you're doing I um, think more realization now is coming into a thing it's not all about being a millionaire it's about being what makes you happy? You know you don't want to be broke, but the freedom to do what you want 
doesn't have to mean he has to make millions. It's the freedom. Yep, I think you're exactly right. I mean, and going to what you're saying of the community side of things, it's amazing how many people just want to watch you be happy. You know, we did, we do Cigars 101 here at Industrial every Tuesday and we talk about, good. you know, here are some of the things, we run through it. But then this week we did, we did a show where we brought in three people. We talked about their cigar experiences. Biz was in on it. We had Jonathan Scott. We, we, we had some guys. And I've, I've received no less than 10 texts. That was the coolest show ever. And it was just us sitting talking nonsense. And the dopest thing about that show, we came up with it like 10 minutes before the show. As with everything we do. <laughs> but no, because of the point in fact of at the end of the day, when we're living life, things have changed, you know, relocating here, all the stuff that we do, you kind of start thinking in a way of time is the only valuable thing you can't get back. And you can't put a dollar amount on it. Not to me. You know, right. so how can you be the most efficient with it so that you enjoy the time that you do have? Totally. And I mean, I think that's, and that's what we're seeing, right? And I think, you know, people stay at home, people don't want to go back to work and people seeing how productive they can be by, yes. you know, no commute. And I could be at my laptop doing productive stuff within five minutes of waking up. And there's, you know, that all that buffer at the beginning of the day and the end of the day really, you know, it adds up quickly. And um, I think people are starting to see like what they can really do uh, from home without somebody on top of them, without, you know, and I, th- I think it's, I think there's no turning back. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are going to, do great things, which is great because there's a lot of people out there that have a lot to do that are, would be trapped otherwise. You know, they're going to be, a, you know, being a business analyst in a cubicle somewhere, but now their greatness is going to show, you know, it could be the next Elon Musk, you know, who, who knows what it's going to be. But um, uh, I, think, I think it's really exposed some of that and it's really inspired people to. I'm for that. definitely emailing you as soon as this episode <laughs> is over. I'm emailing like my brain is going a thousand miles an hour right now. And and speaking of that, you have middle school matchup. So if if anyone who's watching has middle school kids, make sure how, how can someone get in contact with you if they want to learn more about what you do, if they want to learn about middle school matchup, if they want to learn about anything that Daniel Hamill has touched. Yeah, so like middleschoolmatchup.com is is where we're at, and then. Um, and then just really my email or my Instagram, uh, just look for me, Daniel Himmel at gmail.com and go there. I have a really cool uh, uh, productivity system. It's hardcore. Uh, people love it, though. Um, and um, we'll put the, everything in the show notes below. So in yeah. the description, we'll have all that information in there. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm happy to help answer anybody. If anybody wants to bounce any ideas off me, I, I get those emails quite a bit. Uh, I am I'm that guy where like, hey, what if I did this? And I'm always happy to lend a hand, um, whatever you need. And I'll second that. And, and I just want to say thank you. I, I appreciate the time. I appreciate you. I, your day has to be just absolutely wild. But the fact that you take your time to come hang with us, it means, it means the world to us. Thank you.